Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Someone recently asked me which of Neville's books would be good for someone who grew up in church and is just getting started with Neville. After our conversation, I decided uh, I'd share a little of my initial experience with Neville. If you listen to my podcasts, you know that I grew up in church, a very conservative religious background. And at first glance, listening to what Neville teaches would have been blasphemous. Here's this man telling me that my own awareness of being is the God spoken of in the Bible. If I had still been in that former state, Neville's teachings would have seemed like witchcraft, some satanic tool used to get me to backslide and end up in eternal torment in hell. I believe that God was the Father, Jesus was his Son, and if I accepted that fact and invited Jesus into my heart, then I was set. My ticket to heaven was punched, and all I had to do was to, you know, rebuke any desire that the church said was evil, keep Satan out of my life. But here's Neville saying that God's name is I Am, the same I Am that's within me. That always confused me growing up. I would hear my pastor say God's name, I Am that I Am, but it was never really explained to me. Every time I heard the pastor say, I am that I am, I would giggle inside because it always reminded me of Popeye's catchphrase. Do you remember that cartoon from, shoot, almost 100 years ago? He would always say, I am what I am and that's all that I am. (laughs) That I am is my awareness of being. Who and what I am aware of being is who and what I will experience. If you grow up in church like me, Get your concordance, if you still have it. And if you don't have one, I recommend you get it. If you're interested in what the Bible says about all this, you don't have to have the Bible, but it's a great resource. Look up the names. Look up the meanings of the names in the Old Testament. You'll see the name of God. We call it in church Jehovah, or uh, some churches say Yahweh. I Honestly, they, from what I heard, the church I used to go to that chose to call it Yahweh, They really thought that made them more spiritual because that's the actual name of God. Well, no, it's not. Those are anglicized forms of a name that was never a specific person. The Hebrew name of God is made up of four letters, and it means self-existent one. When Moses asked this presence, asked God how to refer to it, when he goes to the Hebrews, this presence says, I am that which I am. Tell them, I am sent you. Now, right there, it tells you, I am that which I am. Whatever I am within me, whatever I am aware of being, is what I am. And he tells Moses, tell them, I am sent you. Now, this isn't some man sitting on a throne or hiding behind a burning bush, watching us, judging us. This is my own awareness of being, my I amness. That is the God in the Bible. Moses means to be born, to draw out. And it's in this awakening state of being that you realize God is not just this almighty power, but your own wonderful awareness. When I accepted that, the Bible took on a whole new life for me. Throughout scripture, it's telling us that the power is within us and it always has been. 
not just for good things, but all things. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Now, anytime you see the word Lord in the Old Testament spelled with all caps, that's the name of God. They didn't want to say the name of God, so they call it Lord. And in the English Bible, they spell Lord in all capital letters to signify that they're replacing the name of God, I am, with that word Lord. And so when you see Lord, replace it with I am or imagination. And when you see the word God, that's Elohim. That's plural. One God made of many. So we all start in Egypt. That's not the physical location. This is not the story of some chosen people. This is not a history book of mankind. This is a salvation history, as Neville calls it. And Egypt represents where we all are, or where we all start from, in forgetfulness, in slavery, bondage to the facts of the world. But when we, like Moses, realize that God is within us, as us, we move from Egypt, from slavery to freedom. The Bible says, I am he, I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. I do all these things. This isn't some outside force. It's the I in me and the I in you that kills and gives life, that wounds and heals. I do this throughout my life by identifying myself with a state of mind. When I say I am sick, God is saying I am sick. When I suffer, God suffers. When I am prosperous, God is prosperous. When I am loving, God is loving. There is no other God beside me, no other power than my awareness of being. I can't get away from I. I can never escape my awareness of being. And even if I were to get hit in the head and get amnesia, I would still be aware of being. I can't get away from that. And that awareness is God. Read the 139th Psalm. I'll read a part of it. Lord. Now remember, Lord is I am, or imagination, or awareness of being. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. You've gone into the future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from my, the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Now, if you get that, if you see that Lord is your own awareness of being, your own imagination, I can't get away from what I'm imagining. What I imagine goes before me to prepare the way. Like in the New Testament, when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, that's awakened imagination talking. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and when it's ready, I will bring you to it. That's you moving in imagination into the state of your wish fulfilled. 
Your imagination prepares that place for you and brings you to that point to experience it in this physical arena. It's a beautiful chapter. Your own awareness of being or imagination, as Neville calls it, is Lord. Read that chapter and look at it as though you're talking to your own self. You'll see clearly how there is no escape. You can't go anywhere and not be aware of being. That's God. So knowing that God is my imagination, it makes sense to me when the psalmist says, you read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. I was taught that God is in heaven, but I was not taught that heaven or God's kingdom is within me. Even though Jesus is made to say it in Luke 17, 21, he says quite clearly that the kingdom of God cannot be found through observation. It's not out there somewhere. It's not in a church because it's within you. And Paul says, you are the temple of God and that Jesus Christ is within you. And that Jesus Christ is the power and wisdom of God. It's personified. It's told in this story form as if these are actual characters, actual people, but these are all states of consciousness. In this awakened imagination, Jesus Christ is within you. There is no other place to find God than my awareness of being, my own wonderful human imagination, as Neville always called it. So realizing as Moses did that I am is God, what do I do about it? Do I continue living a passive life, completely surrendering to the facts of the world? what my senses tell me? Or do I stir imagination and begin to awaken the God within me, moving from that passive state to the active state? Well, I stirred it. I latched on to what Neville taught. I'd only been listening to his lectures and reading his books for several weeks when I was healed. I'd been diagnosed with per permanent brain damage and was confined to moving around with crutches and a wheelchair. But six days after my decision that it was time for it to be over, it was over. I decided to do what the Bible says. Test yourselves. Don't you realize that Jesus Christ is in you? If what Neville says is true, that my imagination is Jesus Christ, then through a simple imaginal act, I can alter the course of my life. I assumed that I was healed, and I was. The Bible says, whatever you ask for in prayer, be believing that you have it and you will. It doesn't say pray for something you want and then go about your day doubting and living in fear that you're, if, you know, that you're not going to get it and you'll get it. No, it's be believing. It's an ongoing, constant, continuous existence in the new state, the state of your wish fulfilled. And prayer is not some form of begging or pleading to some sculpture on a cross, but a movement within mind. You don't have to go to a church to pray. You're always praying. Prayer is made up of two Greek words, meaning motion toward and to wish. So you're moving in imagination to the fulfillment of your wish. That's what you're doing when you're praying and you can't get away from imagining. So you're always praying. You're always making moves in imagination imagining something wonderful, imagining something awful for yourself. So I prayed. I moved in imagination. Like Psalm 139 says, I cannot go anywhere that you are not. 
I'm talking to my own imagination here. I cannot escape imagining, and I cannot escape experiencing what I'm imagining in my physical world. Because my imagination kills and gives life. It wounds and it heals. It makes prosperous and makes poverty. My imagination forms the darkness and the light. I alone do all these things. There is no other. Stirring imagination, I no longer surrender to outside forces because there are no outside forces that can hurt me. It is completely up to me to actively live the life I truly want. And as imagination awakens within me, full memory returns, and I no longer have any doubt that I am one with my Father. So let's test your imagination today. What do you want? What do you really want in life? What's that thing that's really nagging at you? Health, finances, love? Take a moment and decide what you really want. Don't worry about what anyone might think. Don't give any thought to your cultural traditions, your religion, ethnicity, sexual identity. None of that matters unless you decide it does. So let's drop all of that. Drop everything that you used to think was a restriction or some limit, some reason that said you can't be the person you want or you can't experience the things you want to experience. At this moment, let's just decide that none of that matters and focus on what you really want. So now that you've decided what you want, let's just take a few moments now. Let the answer to this question well up from within you. How would I feel if this were already true? If I were already the person I want to be? If you want, go ahead and pause this episode for a few moments. Just be still. Be still and know that your awareness of being is God. Just enjoy the stillness. And ask yourself that question. How would I feel if my wish were already true? Let the feeling of your wish's fulfillment saturate you. Just enjoy that feeling. Savor that feeling. Bask in it for a few moments. Let it feel real to you. That feeling that's coming up from within you That's this new state of consciousness, this new state of being. You've moved from the state of lack, lacking whatever that was, into the state of having and being that. That feels great, doesn't it? That wonderful feeling of financial freedom, health, of love. You only have to assume the feeling of your wish fulfilled and sustain that feeling. If you do, then the state that would have produced that feeling must be objectified. Whatever you ask for in prayer, be believing you have it, and you will. Whatever state you move into in imagination, occupy that state. Return to that state frequently until it becomes your dwelling place, and you will experience the result of that state. You can't help but experience it. Whatever state you're dwelling in, your state of mind, your concept of self, whatever you attach to, I am, 
is what you're going to experience. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, it says, We experience exactly what we are imagining. I, the Lord, search the mind and the heart to give every person according to their ways. My translation, my awareness of being, my imagination, will perfectly express what I feel to be true. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. What I'm imagining is perfectly expressed in my world. I can't point a finger of blame at anyone for my misfortune. And it's pointless to attack seeming others for, well, for anything, for their political views. Right now there's, you know, <laughs> debates on masks, always going after these things that are outside of us that mean nothing, unless we give it meaning. There is no mask, vaccine, political party, nation that has any power. You and you alone, your imagination is the cause of all that you experience. How I define I, I am this or that, that is what decides what I'll experience in my world. I see folks really digging in on their side of things with this whole pandemic thing going on. Some people that I know that have really made some wonderful changes in their lives by actively using imagination have so completely jumped into these states where they think that they have to wage war against everyone who's not on their side of things. I'm not judging anyone. I could do the same thing. I could doze, slip back into forgetfulness, back into a state of small and separate, and then I'd find myself going to war with them or against them, whichever side is opposing whatever view I'm holding in that state. No one is immune to falling into unlovely states. But that would not change the truth that consciousness is the only reality. That is what is real. Whatever I am conscious of being, whatever I am imagining, is what I will be confronted with. It cannot be otherwise. I can tell you that because I know this from personal experience. When I first started studying Neville, it was just a lot of what Neville said. Neville says this, and Neville says that. Mr. 2020, another great teacher, says this. And I was going off of credible sources, but it wasn't first-person experience. And then it was. I've experienced too much now to doubt it, that there is no other God than my imagination, and that there is no true separation, that there is nothing but God, nothing but consciousness. <laughs> I know you'll, you will get to that point, I know you will, where there's no more doubt, absolutely no doubt who you really are. That's how we awaken the Jesus Christ within us, the power and wisdom of God. Like in 1 Corinthians 1.6 says, For the reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. You heard that? The reality of the truth of the power and wisdom of God is strengthened through your experience of him. I can tell you all day long my experiences, but when you start to experience it, it's awakened within you. Jesus Christ is awakened imagination, not some being on the outside. It is who we really are, and we get to know ourselves through experience. Once you've tested imagination for the first or second time, and you've seen it, the results of your imagination, you can't deny it, then you continue doing it moving in imagination for every little desire, everything, continually tending your garden, and you can't help but get to know your true self. 
you can't get you can't help but awaken imagination within you and you trust it completely because now you've experienced it and no one can tell you otherwise no news headline no political party no medical report nothing can shake you because you've experienced it so many times you completely trust imagination you completely absolutely trust self so i have a choice every moment to live a passive existence forever surrendering to the facts of the world these seemingly outside circumstances that are out of my control or stir the spirit within me my own imagination and actively select my adventure so what do you choose to do today i love you this is feeling twisty